When you first drive into Andrews University campus, the first thing that you see is a globe. When you look at it, when you think about all the different people that you will encounter as you continue onto this campus, it makes you wonder who they are. It makes you wonder what they've been through. And as we pride ourselves in being one of the most diverse universities in the United States, we also have to dive in and learn more about those cultures, learn more about those people, learn more about the world changers that we are going to encounter. And so as we talk about these different things, there are so many people that we see on campus and so many people that we don't, and we don't know who they are. We don't know their stories, but this is what Humans of AU is about. In this special podcast that is only taking place at the end of this semester, we're going to take a few episodes to highlight different students on Andrews University campus. And we'll talk about who they are, where they came from, where they are now, and where they're going. Join us for this podcast, and hopefully this will give you an opportunity to continue to learn about those around you and learn a little more about yourself. My name is Kata Samuels, president of Andrews University Student Association. Thank you for joining us. Today we are here with Darius Bridges, the Darius Bridges, okay. <laughs> the Darius Bridges. So Darius and I do have a little bit of history, right? Just a little bit. Just, just, a, just a drop, just, just four years from high like, school or something. Yeah, just like, mm, what, eight years? Eight years, <laughs> right? Four years high school, four years college, no like big. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we are here together just to talk a little bit. Darius Bridges is 23 years old. He is marketing minor in architectural studies. and he's, Marketing major. Oh, oh, marketing mm. major. Let the record show he texted me the wrong thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> marketing with a minor. Yeah, in, in architectural, architectural studies, studies, right? Okay. And he's also the student chaplain and proximity director. This is not even all the things that he's done. This is just what he's doing right now. Okay. So we're definitely going to hear a little bit more about Darius as the podcast goes on. So just to get a little bit of a start, right? How long have you been at Andrews? Oh, okay. I'm an old head. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I mean, I've been old head in comparison to the rest. As right, right. I've been here since 2016. Okay. So now this is five years, you know, switch my major. So switch the major, here we are. Right. <laughs> and yeah, so I've been here since 2016, right after I graduated from Tacoma Academy, the school that whoop, we went whoop. to whoop, whoop, in the DMV district of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia, just in case hey, you That's where know. it's at. If you didn't know, now <laughs> you no know. No one told you. But yes, so, so that's, yeah, that's how long I've been here. Okay, that's great. So Darius mentioned that he is from Maryland. Again, Maryland is the best place to be. Mm-hmm. Of course, we will talk on this podcast about people from other places, and that's nice, but yeah, Maryland is where it's at. I mean, yes, yes, and correct. when we're talking about our journey, where you are, where you're going, you should be going to Maryland, you be, truly. You should be on your way. <laughs> you should be on your way to Maryland, but that's neither here Don't stay there. for too long. Right. We don't need too much more traffic. <laughs> <laughs> we're good on that. But as we have a lot, as it is. But but come, realize right. we're better than the rest, then go back to then your go, homes. <laughs> go back to wherever you came from. Okay. So just to give you a little bit of a taste, right? So like we said, Darius is from Maryland. Darius and I went to high school together, Tacoma Academy. Very crazy, interesting experience. A lot of growth, right? A lot of a lot yes. of different things going on. We were in the choir together. So guess just to give us a little bit more background, Darius, where is your family from? Mm, okay. So... If you if you want to talk, if you want to talk like in the last 20 something years, my family is all New Yorkers. Literally everyone in my family except me has lived in New York (laughs) on both sides of my like mom and dad side, everybody else. Um, But if we're talking about the important thing, (laughs) (laughs) I am half Trinidadian and half Antiguan. Mm -hmm. I am Caribbean true and true through and through. True and true. And so, yes, that is where my family is from. That is my homeland. 
Yeah, but yeah, Trini you have seen, and Antigan. Yes, if you have seen Darius on campus on any of the times where we're embracing our culture, especially Black History Month, you will see a Trini flag. You will see it. You will see it. <laughs> Even if you don't think it's there, he will pull it out from under his blazer jacket and he'll just start waving it around. So, <laughs> so if you didn't know that... Darius was Trini. Now you know. I'm not quite sure how you didn't know before this moment. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they thought it was a different flag. Maybe they thought it was Swedish. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of different stuff. They could have thought it was anything. They could have thought it was anything, but now you know what it is, right? I hope the Swedish flag is red and white. I think it is, but just in case I'm wrong. I'm a student chaplain, not an educator. (laughs) He said, I'm not into the geography. Yeah, so Darius has that background, right? So I know a few Antiguans. I know a lot of Trinidadians as well. I have uncle from Trinidad. And so we I've seen a lot of that TNT, right? I've yep, seen yep, a little yep. bit of that Antiguan background. And I'm wondering how you pulled from both sides of that. You know, did you feel like that was a diff- a lot of differences or a lot more similarities on? And then how did that cultivate the difference in your personality or what you bring to the table, even as coming here to Andrews, right? And then having an addition to that because... Though it is all unified in a way, yeah. there's definitely differences in that you know Caribbean experience as yeah. well as that Black African American experience. Okay, so my dad is from St. Thomas, mm-hmm. so he grew up in St. Thomas. All that different stuff. So for years, like until I was like 15 years old, I was like, "Yeah, I'm Saint Tomian, Saint Tomian, Saint Tom." <laughs> and then literally, there was one day when I was like, "Yeah, I'm being Saint Tomian," and my mom's like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like. <laughs> What do you mean? What am I talking about? And this and is my like, experience. She's like, you're not St. Tommy. And I'm like, if you're from Trinidad and dad's from St. Thomas, that makes me St. <laughs> Tommy. And she's like, no, your dad grew up in St. Thomas. His whole family's Antiguan. So I'm like, oh, crisis. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, looking in the mirror like, who am I? I'm like, why did no one tell me all these years? <laughs> Like, I've been claiming this island that I have nothing to... You know what this reminds me of when, when Moses, prince of Egypt, like, <laughs> yes. he's using Miriam. I'm literally Moses. I'm, like, walking through the desert. Right. Walking you're, on the beaches of St. Thomas you're like you're I don't sick. belong. You're looking at the walls, touching the pictures. Like, this I? is my home, my, my son. son. <laughs> it's like your father gives you a hug and says, oh, my son. You were literally saying <laughs> Anyway, so that had me shook for a minute. Right, I was right. like, wait, what? <laughs> and it really just got to a point where, honestly, I'm very blessed because, you know, a lot of people deal with a lot of different, like, identity crises, mm, being in, mm-hmm. being within different communities and different stuff like that. And I've been very blessed to not have to deal with that as much, especially being, like, both of my sides of my family being very Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And so for us, while there is a lot of, like, differences between the islands, they have a lot more similarities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's always been really cool because especially, like, in America, in different Caribbean islands, it can be different sometimes because sometimes they're like, okay, but we're this and we don't care about them. Right, but, like, right, right. but like being Caribbean in America, everybody's like, oh, we're all Caribbean. Yeah. Bad. Yes, like, it's like, yes, a, yeah. right. But growing up here and having relatively everyone except like me and my mom grew up in the Caribbean oh, wow. and then came here. My mom was born here and I was born here. Mm-hmm. And so for me especially, like it's been really cool especially being in the dmv where like there's a lot of caribbeans Mm -hmm. there's so many and so like even though like we may go back to the island and they'd be like well you're american and you're like i mean (laughs) yes but i'm caribbean american they're like "Mm, 
but like when you're here it's like oh i'm caribbean and they're yeah. like okay no because that's like how they that's how they do stuff like it's like right. if you move to like trinidad they're like okay you're trinidadian Okay. And so for them, it's very much about nationality. Mm. Like ethnicity isn't as much important. That's why my whole life I thought I was St. Tomian because my dad's like, I'm from St. Thomas. Until I realized that <laughs> that's, not where, that's not where we go back. And so it's very much about nationality. But like being within the Caribbean space, I've always felt so blessed to be in the DMV because there's so many people and, and like you can connect so much with the culture and you have like so many people there. Even if you don't have literal family there, you have family you have there. Because right. everybody always knows somebody. Body. Right. And right. so no matter where I go, unless you drop me down in like Wyoming or somewhere, I'm pretty much going to know somebody right. that like by family wise or different stuff right. like that. So I've always thought that was so cool. Yeah. And I'm so blessed to have that. And it's just it's just amazing to even coming here, like the effects that it had, because like there's a huge Caribbean population mm-hmm. even here. Mm-hmm. And so and so, you know, while I have seen the experience of African-American because I live in America right. and to an extent, I can't say fully experience their experience because that's not true at all. But, you know, like you have times where people just assume that you're just African-American, which is like, OK, whatever. But like. I'm I have a different experience than them. We have right, different right. we go through different things. But you know, like the a lot of times the racism and stuff like that doesn't really stop when they find out you're Caribbean. Right. <laughs> like it usually tends to kind of continue because you know that's a part of the racism, the fact right. that they're like, you're just all black. And right, they're like, right. I mean, yeah, we are all black, but like we are different, <laughs> but like, you know, racism isn't really <laughs> about the the different picking and choosing. <laughs> yeah, you're not really like, mm. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. They're just right. kind of like, oh, you're all trash. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> I guess kind of channeling back to that where we were talking about where you're from and how that, you know, manifested. Did you always grow up in Maryland? Were you always in Maryland or did you move from somewhere else? Mm, no, I've been in Maryland my entire life. As have I. Great. Literally, literally from day one. And every time I go anywhere else, I'm like, y'all live here year round? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, you didn't just come to visit. (laughs) To be honest with you, while I have qualms with Berrien, I don't really dislike Berrien that much. Like, I like the people here, you know, the school area, all that different stuff is nice. But it's the fact that, like, we're from a place where you can go out at nine o'clock and get food. And it's not just Taco Bell and McDonald's. Like, it's stuff like that that really gets me. I'm like, everywhere's closed. And having to drive 30 to 40 minutes Mm. to get Chick-fil-A and Chipotle and substance. It's discouraging. (laughs) And so, like, that was definitely a culture shock Mm. when I got here. Because I was like, oh, Y'all close at six. Okay, like, good to know. Like, let me adjust me (laughs) and try to figure that out. Oh, I can't just go down the street to get something. Like, you know, but yeah, other than that, (laughs) it's not that bad. I'm really about the food. Also, the weather is demonic, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mercy. I am not a cold girl. And I think you probably can resonate with that. Not only from Mm -hmm. being from Maryland. I mean, Maryland can get cold, but also I can, like, manage, like, Okay, I don't want to go outside. I don't have to, right? Yeah. Being here, like, especially not only just from going to classes, but even, like you said, like, there is no Uber Eats. There is no, you know, for me right now, not having my own car on campus, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, wow, I really have to step outside to, <laughs> to experience the rest of life. <laughs> I would rather just hibernate. I do not like the cold. I would much rather be 
so hot then to be like too cold for me. Yeah. So I know what you mean with that whole weather aspect. So definitely different, right? Yeah. Can, definitely. To sum up all, to sum up the words, demonic, disrespectful, <laughs> right? <laughs> we can just come back to different, 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 different. in that transition. Right? Different. <laughs> I, if you don't know, Darius has a song for everything. I do. Which yeah. I have to admire. Um, okay, but I'm a Pathfinder. Keep a song in my uh, heart. Keep a song in my heart. Go on. Go on God's What's a Pathfinder? Always, Always a, a Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Come on. Uh, it's been years, though. It, oh, mercy. I really I, just went to Oshkosh and never came back. I had my Oshkosh experience. I was like, well. So I guess tying back to pulling from both sides, where you grew up, you are an only child, right? Yep. So I have two younger brothers, so I guess that can be different, right? We have different experiences. Brothers for that sure. everyone thought were twins, but yes, they're not. They are not twins. <laughs> if you have seen my brothers and thought they were twins, here's your wake up. Here's your wake up call. <laughs> they are not twins. They're 13 months apart, which everyone's like, just say a year. I guess I I've definitely shaped my experience around having siblings, right? A lot of who I am and the things I do even now are how I care for people, or even those things were recognized during my childhood. So I'm sure that, like, being an only child has kind of shaped your experience a little bit. And so when you came here to Andrews, what were some of the preconceived notions that you might have had about Andrews? Coming here again, like I said, as only child, some people come in here with siblings or have had someone that came before them or who will come after them. But for you, it's just you. Yeah. So what did that look like for you? Okay, so being an only child, just to give you a kind of backstory, you're, like, always alone but never alone. You know? Okay, yes, because yes, like yes. because you're an only child, unless your parents are literally just like, Ugh. because you're an only <laughs> child, like you're you're always with adults and your parents. Right, right. But it's also like you're alone because you're so young, but you're also never alone because you're right, always right, right. with older people. Because right. who they gonna leave you with? Right. There's no one to watch you. So it's like so it's like you're either just good. yeah. So for me coming to college, it was really funny because I remember when my parents came to drop me off. And and they're like they're like yeah da da and you're leaving because you know I I've been home and you know we went to a school that was a day school so mm-hmm. we went home every day mm-hmm. and so they're like yeah you're leaving blah 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 and they're like okay like let's help you unpack and I'm like I got it and my, my mom's like what and I'm like I got it and she's like oh you don't need me to I'm like no I'm fine and she's like are you sure I'm supposed to help you I'm like I, I mean if you want to but like just unpacking and she's like she's like dag you, you just kicked us out like oh, right. <laughs> yeah no i mean because for me i was just like you know it i'm i'm very i'm very open to specific types of new like new beginnings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like for me it was just like okay like this is where i'm going now i was prepared for this mm-hmm. i knew that i would be living right, by myself. Right, right. i knew i'd be living in a dorm and here <laughs> and I am. i'm like here i am living in the dorm <laughs> then i'm like you're i mean you're leaving tomorrow so like right. either way i'm gonna have to let you go sooner or later <laughs> sooner or later so i was like yeah i mean and that's like a me thing you know and and being here like honestly i'm very blessed that i went to tacoma academy because mm-hmm. do you think that prepared you oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. because i originally went to a Baptist school. Okay. And I was in Baptist school from kindergarten to ninth grade. So I, my first year in high school, I was at that school. And so I started at Tacoma Academy my sophomore year when you guys came in as freshmen. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time, like, I'd ever been in an Adventist school system. Mm-hmm. That was, I didn't know, like, almost anyone at that school. I knew, like, two people. <laughs> and it was funny because the first day I walked in, like... I was talking to one of the two people I knew. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, da 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 da. But they already had their friends. They'd been here for right, a whole year. Right, right, right. And so they're like, oh, you know, it's so funny because I, I know you and I know exactly who your friends will be. 
And I'm like, really? Like, you know, who who are these people? And they're like, okay, I have class. Bye. And I'm like, I'm like, wait. And they're like, bye. And I'm like, wait, no. So I'm just like standing in the hallway, like by myself, like, all right. Like, don't know where my classes are. Don't know. And, so, and it's funny because like at the end of that year, they definitely were correct because I realized and I remembered they were like, yeah, those are the exact, like the exact group of friends you have. Those are the exact people I listen wow. to. They listen to all those people. But so it really did prepare me because I met so many people like in the Adventist system going to Tacoma Academy because otherwise I would have literally come to Andrews and been completely alone. Wow. Like, mind you, though, like my personality wise, like I still meet people. And so either way, like, I don't think it would have been like, OK, so I just stayed in my room for the rest. Of- I don't think it would have been yeah. that. But it really did help me to be able to, like, know people beforehand because I wouldn't have even known you. Right, right, yep. right, right. Would I have been here? Maybe not. <laughs> Look at God, right? Look at God. Look at us now. <laughs> Who would have thought? thought? Not me. Not me. <laughs> not me. Yeah, so, so like, it really, I really do feel like it shaped me because mm-hmm. it also just turned me really really like it changed me a lot because it i was much more jaded (laughs) before i went to tacoma academy like i was like oh people are like nice on the regular (laughs) and i don't even think that specifically had to do with adventism but just like different places i was Mm -hmm. like oh oh okay (laughs) and so yeah it it definitely did have an effect Mm. you said that you changed your major Mm -hmm. right where did you start right now what you're doing and then how did you transition why was the reason for that okay so i switched my major to my minor. Okay. So I was in architecture before. Mm-hmm. And I really do enjoy architecture and I enjoy a lot of elements about it. Mm-hmm. But like as I was getting into the classes, I was like, man, I really like this. Don't like that. Mm. I started like slowly realizing that all the things I loved were like so small and all the things I hated were the job. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so so maybe, maybe I need to revisit <laughs> and reestablish where right. I want to go because yeah. I was like, this is probably not it. Okay. <laughs> and so I got to a point where I was like, okay, because, you know, also I'm Caribbean and in Caribbean, you know, like households and families, it's like, just figure it out. Like, it's like, like a lot of times it's like, it's like, you know, like, I my work ethic was like if I started I'm gonna finish. Who's adding Ooh. years to college? Ooh. Not me. I, like I was like I was like if, if this is where I, I am, that. I felt that I'm not gonna switch. But like it got to a point where God was literally like switch. Mm-hmm. Like he was like I'm gonna make it so that you can't continue. <laughs> like I got sick at the end of like my second year, mm-hmm. and it was like the hardest week because mm-hmm. like I had like all these projects due and and they were back due. Like I am back due. Mm-hmm. Like. Because they were due like the like week prior, but I was sick that week. Mm. And so I had everything like there was literally two days where I was just in the architecture building the entire time, right. except for the one to five period where they closed the building. And during that time, I was studying for one of my architecture tests. Wow. And so I was literally just like beat down mm. and I was so tired. And I was like, at this point, I cannot do this. Like, I was like, I cannot do this. Like God was like, yep, leave. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe I should leave. And so I didn't even like, I literally was just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta head up. Like my grades were struggling. Like mm-hmm. I was struggling. Like, I was just beat tired. Like right. so tired. Cause I had so much stuff going on. I already didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. So it was like all that stuff together. I was like, okay, clearly this is a sign. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess with that knowledge, what would you, any advice would you give to people who are currently struggling between switching their majors? Because I heard what you just said and I felt that so much, not necessarily for major change, but for transitioning. Because to me, any time that I, I felt like, okay, this is time for me to transition, I felt like I was quitting something. Yeah. And I remember because I think that was something that was kind of ingrained in me not to do that. 
But then at one point I was talking to my mom and I was like, oh man, like I'm doing this job and I'm doing classes and these are definitely taking a toll. Like I wasn't doing terrible, but I knew I could be doing better. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of like, mom, I'm tired. Like I'm stressed. I'm over. It's like whatever. And she was like, well, maybe you should quit that job. And I was like, maybe I should what? <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, quit. You said that can't be an I said, what an word option, did you just say? Right? Quit? I was like, wait, I can, I cannot work there anymore. I was like, huh, I don't know about this. Like, it was just unusual to me. And so the whole time, there was a lot of things where I told myself that I had to get all these things done yeah. or that I had to stress or I had to struggle through it. But you don't all the time, right? And I know that some people have either felt like they're, they're failing because they're not, you know, because they're changing their route. Even when God has, like you said, like God has been beating on them to tell them, you know, this is what my plan is for you. Yeah. And sometimes they just don't want to listen to that. So any advice for people in that situation? Honestly, like I always tell people, like you really just need to think about what you want to do mm -hmm. and what makes you happy. Because mm -hmm. after I switched to marketing, like I love marketing so much and I realized how much I love it because of the differences mm -hmm. of how I felt. Because like when I went into marketing, like it felt like second nature. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like this is, and I realized like this is the type of stuff that I've always been doing. I just never really realized that there was a specific thing for it. Right, right. And so like, and even when, even when I tell people I'm in marketing, they're like, I can see that. Because it just like, it's very much my personality and it's mm -hmm. very much just a part of me. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people like, you need to find something that you could be okay doing for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, of course you could do any job and you can hate it and you could go home every day and still get a check and it'll be fine. But it's the fact that you'll always do better and do more mm -hmm. if it's something mm -hmm. that you actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's just the fact that, like, there's a lot of people who go to college, do stuff they hate, and then never use mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. never use their major or they or they do and then and they, they end up hating it and then they get right. rid of it and they completely change it. And it's like, of course, that's fine. You know, there's no problem with changing you know, your your perspective or yeah. changing, like, what, what positions you want to get into, like, later into life. But why not do something that can set you up for things you would want to do? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know it can be, like, concerning or even, like, will I be here extra time? Another semester? <laughs> Who has the time? Who has the money? But it's, like, honestly, like, invest in yourself. Yes. Yeah, because, like... That will help you and make you feel so much better because, you know, who wants to look back in 20 years and be like, why did I even get this major? Right. Why did right, I even go right, to college? Right, right, right. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, And I think that's really good advice just to change your perspective, right? Not necessarily looking at it as something I'm quitting or failing at, mm -hmm. but something, a choice that I'm making to better myself in the long run. Yep. So I feel that. Kind of transitioning, right? So as you touched on earlier, so... A little backstory too. Darius also was the BSCF president the year before this one. And I think you have very much owned your experience and, mm -hmm. you know, been vocal about it. I want to ask you a question just as a student who was here. I think this was your first year when, when you experienced It's Time AU, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I know when I was coming here, just I guess for backstory for myself, when I was coming here, some people are might be very confused. Like, How, why did you get here? Um, oh yeah, I did not. Oh yeah, we're we're black. <laughs> they ask us why didn't you go to yeah, Oakwood? Right, they're, and they ask us that every time. Or right? they or why? they're like they're like so how's Oakwood? Yeah, they're like I go to Andrews and they're like you do why? Right. Are you okay? <laughs> like, they're like oh honey, <laughs> like, like what do you think? There's there's constant even for me they're like on purpose. I did right. <laughs> Something happened. Like, and not that I, I definitely loved and enjoyed my experience at Andrews, and mm -hmm. I think it's definitely shaped a lot of different um, things about myself. I think that one thing I was even avoiding intentionally, Oakwood, is because 
everyone expected me to go there. Mm. So I would go to church and they would be like, oh, honey, like you're about to graduate Pine Forge. And I'm like, no, TA. And they're like, oh, <laughs> okay, well, you're out. Are you excited for Oakwood? And I'm like, mm, what if I don't go to Oakwood? And they're like, <laughs> what if you, what? <laughs> well, then where would you go? They're like, oh, are you taking a year off? And I'm like, no, I'm going to college. <laughs> they're confused. There's a lot of confusion. Um, and I think even that, I just wanted to be able to make that choice myself. So yeah. before even visiting Andrews, right, there was just good opportunities that were presented to me to be able to transition to Andrews within the nursing program. But I will say that I did not even, I have not even visited this campus. When they had like the time for visitation, I had, my knee was injured. I could yeah. not come up here. And so when I came in here, I was stepping literally into a whole new world. And in addition to that, prior at my church, especially with all that Oakwood love, right, there was a lot of people talking and when It's Time AU happened, yep. it was spread like wildfire, oh, yeah. no, right? definitely. And I'm not sure if that was expected, even the reach that it had. Mm. But at that time, you know, my AY director comes up, and she she has a child at, um, who's going to Oakwood. She has two children that have graduated Oakwood. So she comes up, and she has a little smirk on her face, and she's like, let's watch this video, church. <laughs> and so she <laughs> plays the video. <laughs> and, so, and she's like, mm, our Adventist schools are like this <laughs> beating our brothers and sisters. And <laughs> so I was like, oh, mercy. Like, um, And so then, you know, a few months later, I'm going to Andrews, and they're like, oh, like, did you, do you, you know what happened, right? Like, so, um, and then in addition to that, with that whole video, there was not, I guess, presented to, to us who had not been to Andrews or who were not here for the actual incident that took place. There was really no backstory. So it was mm-hmm. like, wow, these yeah. students are like still segregated and like they have to eat on one side of the gap like people were just taking it and running with that (laughs) so I want to know for you I mean because I may have had some preconceived notions you may not necessarily have had the same ones Mm. because you were here during its time and I was you know graduating as a senior so what did that look like for you especially as a black man on this campus okay so Quick backstory, because it's the truth. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. know what happened. And we got so many people like, just go, just leave then. Go to Oakwood if you're so upset. Get out of here. Go. And we're like, we're like, what? <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, okay. And I'll make it extremely short, because yes. it could be a long story, but mm-hmm. who has time for that? Right, right. <laughs> it's not we're time now. Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> the time has run out. Hey, you. <laughs> no, but literally, okay, so someone came. They preached, they were talking about the current election at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's when Donald Trump had got elected. Mm-hmm. You know, feel how you feel about Donald Trump. I'm not the biggest fan, but right. feel how you feel. So literally, he's talking about it and he's pretty much saying like, he said a few things, but one of the things that he said that really started to get people was like, how can you be a Christian and support Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all the black students are like, they're like words of wisdom words of wisdom and like but like to an extent you know while i do not even remotely support the reaction that a lot of people had towards Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. it was the fact that like even some of us felt awkward the way he was like coming Mm -hmm. at it like he was like he he was saying correct stuff but it was blunt but it was blunt yeah it was blunt and so pretty much there was a bunch of students that felt offended or attacked Mm -hmm. so they had parents and friends and whoever Mm -hmm. send emails to the school Mm. and so the next week we had a forum and the school pretty much apologized Mm -hmm. for the students that had felt offended and they apologized 
to, you know, like to, for the man who came and all this stuff. They apologized for all this different stuff. And so the black population on campus was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> We've been talking about racial discrimination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on this campus, not even as of late, but for generations. Mm, mm. There's been segregation, literal segregation on this campus mm. in the past. Mm-hmm. There was people who would get sent home for interracial dating. Mm. There's a whole history. Like this is, and this is to my memory, but like they were saying that there's, cause I've even had family members who went here and dealt with racism mm. and, you know, and so they were listing off the stuff and they were like, and we've been asking for any type of, you know, apology or, you know, like, acknowledging the past or all these different things and we have got little to nothing. Mm. And they were saying, and you're telling us that after people of a certain community felt attacked or offended once, Mm. Mm. you can scrounge up an apology at the next available chapel. Mm. That's why the It Is Time AU video happened Mm -hmm. because they were like, it does not make sense that people deal with discrimination and people deal with certain type of like racial anything on this campus on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And this is not addressed, but this can be addressed so quick. Mm-hmm. And even, I think even more so, the fact that it wasn't even just an issue, you know, for a different group that was mm-hmm. that was addressed. It was the issue of being called out yeah. for the discrimination yeah. of the other group. Yeah, that literally. Was addressed, like right? that's And that's the thing, like people were like, no, that's not because, and that's why they made the video. And if you watch the video, it pretty much lists all the stuff that has happened over, over time, the time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is happening now. It's like, this has happened. This has happened. This has happened. Nothing happened. So it's time for something. Yeah. To so it's time for you to do something and something mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, you know, like all the different stuff that students had gone, had dealt with over the mm-hmm. past. And so, you know, the video really blew up. And being a black student on campus, I was like, yeah, let's get into it. Like all like the black community going back and forth with people on Facebook, all this different stuff, newsletters written Mercy, about this yeah. paper, all this different people texted me from home. What's going on? <laughs> like Are I said, I was okay? watching it in Maryland, right? I was watching in yeah. D.C. at my church and people, you know, miles and miles and miles <laughs> away. Yeah. Like, wow. Hundreds of miles away. And so, like, being a black student on this campus, like, It was amazing to see, not like the original video, because, you know, to be honest, stuff like that happens all the time. Mm. But it was amazing to see the reaction of the school, Mm -hmm. not being just like, throw out a letter, sorry, Mm -hmm. we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. But like literally saying, we have done these things in the past and not only addressing that for us, but addressing it for the people that were like, this didn't happen. Y'all are over exaggerating. Mm. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Like all this different Mm -hmm. stuff. So they literally made the video to be like, this did happen. We're, and while we weren't there when this happened and we never would have done these things especially, mm-hmm. we're owning up to the history and we're going to make a change for the future. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's why people like Michael Nixon was hired right. for as the VP of Diversity and Inclusion and all these different things and changes that they made because of that event. Mm-hmm. So it was really good to be here to see. Because that's the thing. A lot of people come now and don't realize how much change mm. has been made because of people like VP Nixon and and a bunch of other people that you'll that you'll catch even in different areas like people in worship like Adriana Santana or people in people in like the education like like a bunch of teachers who have worked towards you know diversifying the population of faculty and staff or people like VP Nixon or even like the deans like you get so many people who have been pushing mm-hmm. to expand and actually make the campus not only diverse but inclusive mm-hmm. and so that's amazing 
to have seen within these five years and hopefully, you know, like it just continues to grow. Yes. I think um, I definitely and, you know, from one president to another, mm. I think <laughs> I think uh, President Luxton did such a fantastic job, yeah. um, especially because to my knowledge, to my recollection, she was just starting up around that time. Pretty much. So she came in. She was like, "Whoa, like it's time!" Like Whoa. she was like, "I didn't do any of this stuff." Like you know. So I think she did such a great job, and and I think what happens a lot, especially with issues regarding racism, regarding discrimination, or regarding privilege, a lot of people take it personally. Yeah, it's and I think that's what happens a lot of the time. Even what that pastor was saying at that time. Though many people may come from a lot of different approaches and say maybe it could have been phrased better or it didn't have to be so direct. I think regardless, when you know something is true, even regardless of how it's how it's preached to you or it described to you, and you know that it's, that may be true for the whole, and you may say, oh, I myself have not, you know, discriminated against my peer or I myself have not, you know, made racist commentary towards my peers. Yeah. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Or maybe because you haven't seen it, that doesn't mean it's it hasn't true. happened. So I think... Um, her coming in from that role, right, and saying, you know, even though I haven't perpetuated any of these things, somebody on this campus might have felt hurt by it or somebody ha- might have experienced it. And then addressing it, like you said, not only for the present, but for the years to come. Yeah. It's so powerful because I think even taking that step, like you mentioned, to hire VP Nixon was to say not only like, okay, we're handling it for right now, right? Like a letter or something yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, even a little bit like, a, okay, you know, we'll do better. Like, <laughs> It's not taking the the real steps to say we're going to make this better and not only for this year, for the next students and the following and following. So I think it's good to hear a perspective, especially from yourself. Yeah. Not only from that. That happened when you first got here. Literally. So you're able to see a little bit of like what it was like before, then when that happened, and then the gradual growth throughout the following years. Yeah, um, sure. And I think that's very admirable. And something I value a lot about the university because especially something like that, a lot of people would be like, oh, how could they come back from this? Mm-hmm. Or how could, you know, Andrews University, that they would know them for that. But I would really know them for the changes that they did make yeah. and the value that they did have for their students. So I think that was really good to see. And I think kind of transitioning, I guess, to close out a little bit more about you. With your position in proximity this past year, how did you get into that? And then how would you say it is leading proximity not only just as yourself and as a leader of something so large, but also for leading proximity during the pandemic? Mm, That's a really good question. So I've been in the worship realm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Like, that's the the best way to explain it. In the Mm -hmm. worship realm of Andrews for about three years now, Mm kind of. You know, it's funny because everyone looks at me and they're like, yeah, Darius has been doing this all this time. He's been singing. He's been leading all this different stuff. No, if you you remember you remember when I was in high school, I didn't do little to anything. Like <laughs> like I the only thing I did was I was even especially when it comes to music. Like I did class president my last year, mm-hmm. but like I only ever had like one solo in high mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. and it was like 2 weeks before we graduated. <laughs> it was like that Jesus <laughs> promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. And it, other than that, I never like I was very much the type of person where I was like, "No, nah, I'm good." Like, mm-hmm. nah, I don't want to nope, I'm good. And so like it's so funny to come here and now be at the spot that I'm in being able to, you know, like do different things within worship, especially because I'm very specific and very passionate about diversity and inclusion within our worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys do not know, I am Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> and so, and so, and so, but honestly, okay. With proximity, 
It's funny because I had, as she said previously, I had been president of BSCF last year. Mm -hmm. And last year, we put on an event with three different clubs. It was BSCF, Casa, Adelante, and it was this event called Infusion. If you don't know about Infusion, hopefully you do, but if you don't, it was pretty much a Vespers, and it was a cultural Vespers, that the main purpose of it was to show that people should be able to represent themselves within their worship, and it Mm -hmm. should not invalidate it at all. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, whether it be worldwide or even Andrews-wise, especially from when I got here, you could have me, a black person, an Asian person, a Hispanic person, a Caucasian person, all these different, all these different type of people on one stage and we'd all be singing the same type of music, mm-hmm. the same type of, you know, like kind of Eurocentric CCM, mm-hmm. which there's no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that we're on such a diverse campus mm-hmm. that it does not make sense to not allow people to put themselves and represent themselves and their culture and their type of worship mm-hmm. on a campus-wide, campus-wide. Right, because, right. you know, we have a lot of silos on this campus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We would have mm-hmm. Impact where BSCF would have gospel, and then you'd have you'd have Macardio small group slash Macardio's the group in Adelante where they would speak in Spanish and have Spanish within their worship. Then mm-hmm. you'd have CASA where they have LSF and they have small groups, and that's where they, then you have proximity where it was very CCM kind of Euro-centered type of worship. And and that's the largest one. Yeah, and that's the largest one. And they're all fine and they're all great to have, but it's the fact that without being able to represent different ones, one will always look as if they are better or the representative mm-hmm. of and the campus. As you mentioned, the other ones, a lot of the other ones you mentioned were run by clubs, yes. right? Yes. As opposed to the proximity, which yes. was at that time University Chapel was the university's, yeah. right? You would always get flack. Like, you'd get people saying, like, drums should not be in church. Why do you have, like, that's an issue. And gospel, whether it be on this campus or worldwide, is, like, the second most popular, you know, worship style. Mm-hmm. And you would still get people being like, the devil's music. <laughs> we I don't see. do that here. And and so, like, and so I realized, you know, my junior year, I was sitting in my room studying for finals. And it was at the end of the semester. And I'm like studying for finals or attempting to study for finals. And I was eating and literally out of nowhere, God like hit me, like just hit me with an idea. And it was pretty much the entire idea for infusion. Mm -hmm. It was like three cultures, cultural worship, get three clubs. They need to be clubs. You can have three people from each culture doing the music. Mm. You can put in a creative element. You can put in a sermonic element. Like, it was just everything. Like, to the point where I literally, like, used the napkin I was eating with and wrote everything on the napkin. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that, yeah. And so I'm literally just, like, writing, 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 writing. And I automatically called Audrey, Adriana Santana, and literally, because she was about to be the president of Adelante. So I'm the president of BSCF. Well, becoming the president of BSCF. And she's becoming the president of Adelante for the next year. And so I literally call her and I'm like, I have this idea. And I think it'd be really good. And I really think that it should be our club, this club, that club. And I think it would it would 
do so well. And, you know, I've been, we've been talking about this for years about how there should be more representation and you should be able to change the genre and change the language and people shouldn't mm -hmm. be so against it. And I'm like, and I think this would be a perfect thing to do and I think we can do it. And she's like, bet. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh. She's like, yeah, I'm down, and I'm like, oh, okay, like let's let's get into it. Mm -hmm. And then I found Eden, my buddy, Eden Sa. Mm -hmm. It's spelled S E O, but it's pronounced Sa. I probably <laughs> said it wrong because it is in Korean, but <laughs> close. <Do> your best. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I'm trying. But anyway, so then the next semester we meet Eden, who had just become president of Casa. He's all young. He's a <laughs> sophomore, looking you know, all young, bushy-tailed, bright-eyed, and and he's and he's like, we're pretty much at this point desperate because <laughs> we only had like two months left before the event and the people that we were originally with they couldn't do it and so we're like looking and I'm not willing to budge at all mm -hmm. I'm like this is not for me this is not about my pride right, right. this is about the effect that it can have on this campus mm -hmm. and thus we cannot accept anything other than what God has given to us right. and if he told us that we need three clubs we need three clubs and if he's Put it in place where it can be three completely different cultures. It needs to be that. Mm -hmm. And so we meet with Eden. I'm like pouring my heart out about the event. I'm like, I think this could be so amazing. And like it gives representation to all these different clubs and cultures that never get seen on this campus and even in the world. And, you know, I'm just listed off da -da 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 -da, all these different stuff. And he's like, I'm in. <laughs> and we're like, what? And he's like, I'm in. And we're like, do you need to talk to your club? And he's like, I mean, I can, but like, we're I'm in, it, right? so we're gonna do it. And we're like, we're like, wow, like, da, da, da. like it was literally like, because we had been struggling to think of someone, find someone for like a month, mm. and it was like God just like placed him, mm. like literally mm. placed him. And the three of us and our clubs, like especially the three of us, we became such good friends through this whole process. And I can't speak for the campus. But at the very least, I hope that this event had an effect mm -hmm. overall on on the campus and on the worship. And I feel like I've seen such a difference since then, you know, because now people aren't shook when they hear a song in Spanish or in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. People aren't shook when mm -hmm. when Casa gets up or Macarios gets up and does a play or or, you know, you have the black population come and sing gospel with drums like that. That's no longer so out of the ordinary. And why are we doing this? Is it? Is it Black History Month? Like, it's no longer that type of mm -hmm. stigma. And so that's exactly what we were pushing and searching for. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because that was kind of exactly what kind of placed me in the spot to then Do become director of proximity. Yeah, because everybody everybody was shook when I became director of proximity. Because so many people were like, have you ever been to proximity? Because <laughs> I was at Impact every week. Every week. I was at, I yeah, guess, I was at yeah. Impact, literally leading, like helping out with Impact, you know, with my team, all this different stuff every week. And so I got I got so many people like, what? And it's a funny story. And if you want to hear it, I can tell you the story of how I became um, proximity director. I can give you a short version. I'll give you a short version. I don't want, to, I don't want you guys to hear too long. <laughs> so I had been in the music realm worship music mm -hmm. for a minute. I, I sing lead a little bit every so often. Mm -hmm. And it had kind of been pressed on my heart by a mix of God and friends that I think God just threw in my face that I should ask about doing the music for proximity. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, you know, like that's been a passion of mine, diversity in our worship. And, you know, my realm is music. So why not, you know, do, mm -hmm. do that? I go to Jose, 
who is Jose Bourget, who is in charge of CFE. And it's funny because none of them even know this story. I go to them and I talk to them about, you know, working for proximity. And I say, like, what would you think about me doing proximity? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about it. We're having a conversation. They then tell me, okay, we'll give you an interview. We'll send you an application. They send me the application. It's it's a little bit of a minute, but it's okay. (laughs) Send me the application. They then call me one day before I I, um, interview. And they're like, hey, so we, we think that a perfect person to do the music would be William Dose Hayes. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I think he would do a great job. I'm kind of sitting there kind of confused why yeah. you tell, tell me. Yeah, no, I was literally like, I don't I don't know why they're telling me that I didn't get the job right. in the most. And not like, only that, but somebody else. Who, yeah. And, and then they're like, what do you think about working on a team with him? And I'm like, I mean, like, I, I love Will. That would be cool. But, you know, I was kind of like, dag, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of awkward that they're kind of not only not giving me the job, but putting me on the person who they're giving the job to's right, team. Right, right. And so they interview me. They're like, great interview, da-da-da. And I'm like, oh, thanks, you know, whatever. We move on. And I start getting a little confused because Jose's calling me and he keeps telling me that I'm doing specific stuff. So, for example, he's like, he's like, okay, so, you know, with proximity, we're going to need someone to do COVID cleaning. And I'm like, dang, they gonna have me taking out the trash like they did like my old job. I was like, I thought I was coming up, but here I am, safe spot. And he's in a, and he's in a, and he's and I and I was telling them, but I was like, but you know, like God, because I literally when they originally were like, you know, we're thinking of putting this person in this job, I was telling God like, you know, I I'm confused because you always kind of lead me where you want me to be, so I'm really confused why it's not where I thought it was gonna be. Cause he all oh, like BSCF president, president of um president of back in high school, all the things that I had done mm-hmm. was very God led. Mm-hmm. And so and so I was so confused. Like I was like, I don't I don't understand. Like what am what am I doing wrong? And I kept feeling him being like, just kind of wait. And I'm like, I don't w- wait for what? What you gonna do? And so literally He's, he's telling me, like, okay, so, yeah, like, we need people to do COVID cleaning, and you're going to be in charge of that. And I'm sitting there, like, why am I in charge of this? So there's, like, four different things that happen that are all, like, very side of the thing. And if we had more time, I'd tell you more. But literally, it pretty much ends up with me in a meeting with Jose and being, like, and Jose being, like, yeah, so if you want to change the logo of Proximity, you can change it. If you want to change the name, you can change it. He's just listing off all the stuff. He's listing it off. And he's like, yeah, and if you want William on your team, like, put him on your team. But if you want to do it, you could do it. And I'm sitting there like, am I the director of proximity? What's going on? <laughs> and so I'm literally like, and so I'm literally like, so I'm in charge of proximity. Like, and he's like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, didn't you know? What? Like, literally, I'm like, what? Like, what is, where did this come from? Because literally when I say that was God led, because I never in a million years would have put myself in that position. I never would have thought that that could be me. My comfort zone was music. Mm. And while I had done a few programs here and there, mm-hmm. like even when I did the programs, even when I led the programs, I'd still end up doing the music because that was that was always like so like this is my lane. I'm mm. comfortable in this now. Mm. And so it was so funny because like God literally like ordered my steps and mm. put me in that position mm-hmm. and literally had me think i guess he knew if if he told me be proximity director i'd have been like oh no <laughs> and I, mean, I guess he thought i guess he thought this will be a struggle so how about this we'll get him in this way and then <laughs> and i'll then move we'll him move in, and then he won't have a choice and uh, <laughs> and so no honestly it's such a blessing and honestly doing proximity i've been very much trying to 
formulated with my amazing, amazing team. If you guys don't know who my team are, I'm sorry, but they're amazing, so get to know them. Aya, who's our logistics director, William, who's our music director, Brent, who is our media director, and Eden, who is now our assistant director. And they, we've just been working to bring diversity and, and, and represent the campus within the worship. You know, and not just within different silos of the worship, like on different parts of the campus, but within the main worship that represents the campus. Because we feel like it's so important to allow people to, you know, represent themselves and allow people to experience different things and new things. So we do a lot of, we'll do a lot of different type of Vespers. We just did a Black History Month Vespers that was completely online. It was very different than a lot of the other stuff we did. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. We do outside Vespers sometimes. We've done different themed Vespers on a regular basis. All these different things. We'll throw in panels. We throw in paintings, artistic moments, all this different stuff that we do because we want people to experience God in all all the different ways, you know, not just the regular and there's nothing wrong with the regular, but that's just not me Mm -hmm. and that's not us. Mm -hmm. So we really strive for that differentiation every week. Mm -hmm. We have the moment of proximity. That's our like creative moment. So like even if everything else is the same, that's different every week. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing we're doing new things and trying our best because I even tell my music director and I have them tell everyone when you come to sing, we want you to bring two things. We want you to bring a Bible verse and we want you to represent yourself and your genre or language or musical history or worship history within your set. And so that's something that's really important to us overall, whether it be the sermon, the set, the creative moment, anything. So, yeah, that's just a that's a long-winded <laughs> little bit about, you know, I'm very passionate, very passionate about diversity and inclusion. And I have been for years on this campus. That's been something that I've been trying to elevate and change mm. for a minute so yeah i'll get off my soapbox now i'll step down, I'll step down. <laughs> thank you no thank you for that i think it was nice to see through that story right how god was able to place you and your ongoing conversation with him mm. right throughout that entire experience throughout the confused parts or the parts where you were very confident or the parts where you were surprised right all throughout those times you're talking to god like God, I know that this is somehow working in your plan, but what is it? Yeah. And I think we're stuck in that a lot, right? Yep. Everybody on campus throughout, you know, whether it be me doing AUSA or you doing proximity or somebody who's working in the CAF or mm-hmm. somebody who is not working at all but is looking for a job or somebody who's trying to figure out what their major is, I think we're constantly having that battle not only with ourselves but with God, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And sometimes we're not talking to God enough. And I think looking at that and seeing that it's a constant conversation, it's not just once you get the job or when you need it, yeah. it's that in-between yeah. time too, is something so powerful and I think it's a good reminder for us. So I guess now, as we're coming to a close, I want to get from you maybe a few things that you may have struggled with during mm. your time here at AU and then some advice on how to get through that or even advice from some of the things that you have learned or gained from and resources that you used to get there on campus, things you didn't take advantage of or things that you wish you had or things that you did that can help some other students on campus who are listening? Hmm. You know, I just, there's a few things. Like one, as I spoke about, I really did struggle with, and this wasn't even on campus, but during the summer, like trying to figure out what my major was. Mm -hmm. Because I knew I wanted to be here. I knew I wanted to finish school, but I was like, I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, like I really feel like an important thing with that is trusting in 
yourself and trusting in God because you have to trust in what appeals to you. Right. You know, and so you really have to trust and think, what do I like? What makes me happy? And what and what could I see myself doing, you know? And then also like trusting in God because it's the fact that he has a plan for all of us. So even sometimes there will be some people who are in a major that they hate, but God can use that to get them right. to somewhere where they would enjoy, mm -hmm. you know? And so it really does depend not really as much where you are, but where you end up or where you can end up. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's an important thing in itself. One other thing that I've struggled with, this wanting to grow the diversity and inclusion on campus, but at times feeling like, okay, but how do I do this? You know, and that's a leadership role overall. Like the fact that you'll be like, I want to do something, but how? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such an important thing. I tell people all the time, if you want to see change, be a part of the change, mm -hmm. you know, like put in, put in the like a, the work or at least try like mm -hmm. to do something. Because honestly, if I came to campus and I saw things that I wanted to be different and never did anything about it, who knows? I don't I don't know if anything would have happened. I don't know where we would have been. I There could have been no effect at all. There could have been a huge effect. Who knows? But it's the fact that because I put myself out there and attempted to do as much as I can, I can literally say this is where the changes are. This is where the changes I've seen. And half of my friends have come out of me trying to grow diversity on this campus because mm -hmm. I truly feel like diversity without inclusion is not diversity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact that diversity is easy. Inclusion is the hard part because mm -hmm. you can always have 12 different cultures, right. 12 can, different people. The quota. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. You can always. But to get people to actually understand, respect, and actually and value. and value and even interact with other cultures will always be 40 times harder. Because as you as you guys probably know, Andrews is one of the most diverse schools in the nation. Right. But it's the fact that there's so little that people know about each other, which is an issue. And, you know, like there should be there. Hopefully I tried to make more things that could engage the campus and allow people to learn. Because, you know, even when we did Infusion, no one had ever heard someone singing Korean on this campus mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Because even at the even at the Korean church, they didn't sing in Korean. Mm -hmm. And so it was the fact that you work for things that you feel like you need to see. And that's and that was my thing. Like, I felt like as a person, not even as a leader, because at that time I was not even remotely a leader when I first got on this campus. I was just a kid who sang every so often and not even in front of anyone. I wasn't leading vocally mm -hmm. or <laughs> I wasn't leading vocally, spiritually, educationally, <laughs> socially. I wasn't leading at all. And so being able to, you know, Put yourself in a place and in a position where you can affect change is such an important way to be the change that you want to see. And I feel like those are the two main things that I had struggled with over the years. And I feel like whatever you struggle with, you can always overcome it, especially like knowing that at all times we'll have God with us. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to keep him with you. And even if you struggle through your Christian, you know, like even if you struggle through your relationship with him. It's the fact that he always has you, even if you're not messing with him at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so no matter what, just keep just keep looking forward because things can always get better. Yes, thank you. That's really a part of what we're trying to do even here right now, sitting down with different people on campus and hearing about those experiences because, like you said, diversity is nothing without inclusion. Yep. So having that opportunity to, okay, this is someone I see on campus all the time, I don't know anything about them. I don't know about their experience, where they're, who they are. And I think some of that 
helps you to more appreciate the experiences mm-hmm. of those around you. So thank you, Darius, for being here, for being open and honest, and for giving us an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you and those like you. And also, again, like we said, what you're doing, where you are, where you were, where you're going. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. And we are so excited as we journey on, as we go throughout the rest of these podcasts, to hear the stories of others. We hope that you all will continue to listen with us, continue to keep your minds, your hearts open, Mm -hmm. and to go on this journey with us as we continue to Make sure that that inclusion is a real part. Thank you all for joining us here today. We are so excited to have been starting this Humans of AU podcast and literally just to hear more from AU. This is Kiara Samuels. Goodbye. Signing out.